0: Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up. Our podcast starts now. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. Today, we've got a special guest, none other than Mr. Mike Johnson from MRN, McKay Realty Network. Now, Mike's a co-owner in this organization, one of the most hardworking realtors I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing and chatting with. Mike's building an incredible life for himself in less than five years, and we're so excited to hear his journey. Mike, welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Did, did I get that right? Is it just about just about the five year mark that you've been doing this now? Five years pretty much to the, to the day. Yeah, Five years pretty much to the day. Good good coincidence. I remember when we met kind of the first time it would have been yeah well four and a half years ago and there was this incredible phenom coming in the industry. Everyone was talking about you and kind of talking about your work ethic and, and kind of how you got there. Tell us what made you choose to get into real estate? How did that journey start for you?
1: was all a uh, very close friend of yours, Sandy. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So at that time, I, I worked a corporate job and my wife actually would listen to a podcast very similar to this on real estate investing. of Sandy's podcast. And one day I got the courage to call him and I, I was buying rental properties in Hamilton at the time. And I was wondering if this celebrity from the podcast was willing to sell me a house. Um, he said yes, sold me a house. And I, I started asking questions about his career. It seemed pretty interesting. And I remember it to the day we were at a coffee shop. He took me out for lunch. He forgot his wallet. So I had to pay for lunch. And I decided <laughs> that day I'm uh, going to leave everything behind and follow this stranger. And the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, I owe him absolutely everything. The like, guy, I, I say, he saved
0: my life. Hopefully, hopefully he hears this. We'll make sure that he, that we send it to him. Um, that, that's such a cool story. Now, when you say saved your life, is that just taking you out of the corporate, creating wealth for you? What, what does that mean to you?
1: I always knew I, I wanted to live a, a big life. I just didn't know how. Like I remember, it's funny. I, another good friend of yours, Colin uh, Campbell, was on our podcast. And I, some of the things he said about his childhood reminded me of myself, but, uh, I remember from the time I was probably five or six, I wanted to be a millionaire. I didn't know why, but it's just something I wanted. I remember when I was in grade six, I watched, it was this entrepreneurship class and watched a video of uh, Jimmy Patterson. He was, he was the richest man in the country at that time. Um and I just thought it was so cool. I want to do that when I grow up. Um, but I didn't know how. I still don't know how, but uh, the game <laughs> I play is to align myself with people like Sandy and bring new people in my world constantly, and I'm confident at some point I'll get there. I don't need to be the richest man in Canada, but I, yeah, I just, I want a big life and I want to provide everyone in my world with a big life.
0: I love that. I love that vision and, and that's, you know, surmises a bit of your why and why you're doing it. I mean, you, you come in and and do something that's virtually almost unheard of when we talk about coming into real estate. I think you did, was it 52 ends your first year? Yeah. 52 transactions tell me about that like how do you go from i'm a corporate guy i'm joining this team you know i know you're an owner in the team now but but you out of the gate you go into 52 ends how how were you able to achieve such an incredible feat so i think it was a couple things one
1: one thing i always think about in my life is pain versus pleasure i think anyone anyone and everyone is motivated by one of the two things i've recognized that my source of motivation is pain um and i was worried about running out of money i think i when i got in the business i had 14 grand in my bank account it was going down and down and down and down the question i would ask myself is how much output do i need to put into the right things every single day to ensure this or not to ensure to guarantee um this career transition works for me and yeah i I remember Googling how many people do I need to speak to in a day to make sure I'm successful. And then I remember I started coaching with Mary Gillespie and I asked her the same question. She said, Make 150 contacts a day over the phone, and I guarantee you'll be successful. So that's what I did.
0: Just yeah. every day, just 150 contacts every day to, take to yeah. get that success.
1: The other kind of, when I look back on it, I didn't know this at the time, but that kind of cliche thing you all say you're the average of the five people you spend time with well, I had two people I spent the majority of my time with at that point in time one was Sandy he did over 50 deals his first year um the other one his name is Adrian Pinozo. I don't know if you know him but he did 51 um his first year so I think if you hang out with people that have done it before it's very easy to do it yourself
0: yeah yeah. How, how many of those were, were you personally? Did you buy a bunch of properties yourself or was this all just on, on the sales side? Uh, not
1: really. I think I bought maybe one for myself that year, but the majority of them were yeah, just
0: people okay. I, I met over the phone. That's awesome. Now you talk about, you know, who you hang with matters. And we hear that a lot in our world, you know, who are you looking up to at, at this point in time or, or who are you surrounding yourself with? Has that changed or is it still the same, the same group? Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. So it,
1: now Sandy's got in business with Dylan Suter, who I spend a lot of time with. Um, and then uh, Lorraine Jordan, who runs the largest team in KW Canada. So I'm looking up I, Joke with Dylan, I now have three Sandys I can look up to. I started with one, now I have three massive thinkers. And that's huge for me.
0: Absolutely.
1: Awesome. I think one thing the coming from corporate and even to KW, I was pretty resistant to everything KW had to offer. Right. It was more, I was very much tunnel vision, leave me alone, let me do what I need to do to be successful. I, keep, I left the corporation. I didn't want to be involved in one again. Right. Um, And I would see this person, Sandy, fully immersed in absolutely everything KW, and I never understood why he was dealing with it. I I thought it was a waste of time. And that's like totally changed at this point. KW, it's taught me, I just mentioned those three great leaders that I'm fortunate to have in my world, but now, like, why limit myself to them? There's so, so many amazing people within our environment.
0: You know, it's funny you say that, Mike, like there was, there was a time that I remember feeling exactly the same. And and I had someone ask me, I was teaching a class yesterday. And I had someone ask me the exact same thing. You know, what would you, what would you kind of look at that, that changed your mind? And then my answer to that was sort of just, I stopped pretending like I knew better than the people around me. And and I kind of, you know, I gave in to those those bigger leaders, those people within KW that were doing incredible things and stopped trying to make it all about me and just started taking it all in. And it was like a light switch. And immediately you start to see the results from it because you just start, you know, success leaves clues. And you just start to do what they do and and it starts to to happen, right? So it's it's really interesting that you say that because I can remember my time it was about eight years ago. It's kind of in the exact same position you were kind of going, eh, I don't know that I want to buy into all this or do all this stuff. Um and then a year later sort of just like you did just said, why am I not? Look at how many people I have access to. What would my life look like if I just if I just did it. Yeah. Right. Kind of crazy. So, you know, when you're thinking about getting into real estate, I know we're working through, through your journey here. Was it everything that you expected or, or was there things that, you know, completely changed once you got into the business? Um, I, I didn't really
1: come in with any expectations. I just wanted to hang out with Sandy every day and see how I could build a big business. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were zero expectations, like no, no contract when I signed up, I didn't know what a split was until he told me, I came in, I like I really wanted to model myself after him, he worked with investors, so I thought I was going to come in and work with investors, he quickly uh, got me on the listings and yeah, the rest was history.
0: That's awesome. And, and that's, you know, you, you're in the hiring game now. You're in the people side now that, that you're on the other side of the coin. Now, would you say that that's true for everybody coming in, in the industry or do most people kind of come in with this certain expectation? How are you guys managing that with people that are in business with you now?
1: Um, sometimes like I feel like realtors are trained to ask about splits. So that comes up a lot. But I can tell you the best people I have in our organization never ask about splits. And they had their hand up and they said, "I'm going to do whatever it takes to get into business with you. I don't care what I get paid. I'm all in. You tell me to run through a brick wall, I'm going to run through a brick wall right now." Um, in terms of expectations, like like one thing when I look back on my experience, no one told me how long it was going to take to get into production. Um, no one told me how underpaid I was going to be. I'll, I remember to this day. I sold my first house maybe five months into the business, didn't get paid until seven months in. And price points were vastly different back then than they are today. My paycheck after splits and the brokerage take was about 2,500 bucks. And I really questioned my decision at that time. Seven months of work for $2,500. But it's that two feet from gold story. Like, Like if I had stopped then, the 52 deals would have never happened.
0: Right. Right. Well, and, and that's the, I mean, I think that's the thing I see in, in most realtors coming into this industry is, is they give up just before they get there. And, and I think it's it's not just people coming into the industry. I think it's sort of every step of this career as we go, you know, it's simple. It's not easy. We hear that one all the time, But but it's work. And, you know, as you chase this big life in, in your case, you know, somebody might want to chase something smaller, but there's still a time and then and, and overall, you know, it might be a year, it might be two years, it might be six months, whatever the time is to get to where you want to get to. And we sort of, we sort of quit right before, what are you using to, to, to keep you going? So to speak, like how, how are you avoiding that burnout or that, you know, like you said, two feet from gold and, and looking at walking away? uh today
1: it's just like massive goals um yeah the way i get those goals is through other people like when i was at mega camp i met with a guy down there i heard him speak and he's got a team they do 500 deals a year and he's fully leveraged out when he shows up to the office his ops group forces him out of the office because in their opinion he's just going to screw things up And i think that's how awesome would that be? And What kind of opportunity would I create for the people in my world if I wasn't even allowed in the office anymore and they were just running? It? Right. It's really the same. My goal in this business is to provide others with the same opportunity that I've been given. Um, Sandy could not show up to this office for the next 10 years and be still going to collect a paycheck. And the thing's still going to grow.
0: That's awesome. So what does the structure of the team look like now that you're, you know, you've kind of stepped in? Because you were, you were kind of lead listing agent and then, and then stepped into leadership and, and ownership with the group now. Have you changed the structure of the team or what does, what does MRN look like today?
1: Yeah, it looks quite a bit different now. So you have me or MRN on one side of it. And then on the flip side, you have uh, Freedom Apps, and they run our back end. So they own the other half of it. Um So the way it operates, 50% of commission goes to freedom, the other 50% stays here. And then a third of everything of, of, of the profit we pull in is set aside in a pot for profit share. Um that goes to agents in our organization that build out their own teams. So say you have agent XYZ that contributes... of our team's overall revenue, he'll get 20% of that profit share plot.
0: That's awesome. And, and so within MRN uh, on the team side now, so, so that's the overall organization because you're, you're a big part of that expansion network that's now taken, a, taken across Canada, which is Freedom Reps, great organization. And so you've got your team sort of within this network, this platform, and then in there you've got all your agents, but it sounds like you don't have any of the operational stuff within the team side now. It's just a purely driven sales team. Is that right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, what's that? I have uh, I have one ops person. So we, we run all of our own events, um, anything related to giving back to our clients, building relationships with them through the database. We do that in-house. But all, all that work that I, I personally don't like doing, like coordinating photos, broker-loading listings, I don't even know how to broker-load listings. I wouldn't even know where to go. Um, that's taken off our plate. All the client care we don't have to deal with. So right. It's really... Sandy had to go through a much harder path than I did. I recognize how spoiled fortunate <laughs> I am too.
0: He sort of he built the springboard that that now everybody else gets to gets to jump off of and, and go do their thing, which is pretty cool. Are your agents, does everybody sell? listings is everybody do buyers do you guys are you guys split we know that that's that's sort of a hot topic right now in the real estate world is are you a buyer agent a seller agent are you both what are you guys what are you guys doing
1: i give them the opportunity to do to explore both um yeah we don't have split buyer agent seller agents
0: but i find people normally they move towards one or the other just naturally within within who they are right yeah so, so what advice are you giving them when they're, when they're coming into the organization and joining, joining MRN, what's the one piece of advice that you're giving them now that they're on the team or starting out their, their new business venture with you? So it's, yeah, it's just, there's no magic to
1: all this. There's no six to five activities, lead generation, lead follow-up, script and role play. Um, the last two activities, forget about them. They're not going to exist in your world when you're starting out. So really just generate. Follow up with those lead scripts for half an hour a day. Um I mentioned I coach with Marianne Gillespie. So she what she told me to do when I started out was lead generate for 30 hours a week. And that's a problem we see with a lot of people that get into the business. I think they underestimate how much work it will take to truly get into momentum. And like we all have a first year in real estate. For some of us, that first year will last six months, for some three months, for others it's two years and then they exit the business, right? Um, It's within our control. You can work to the point where failure is just impossible.
0: Well, you know, that's a really interesting way to put it, right? 30 hours of lead gen to start. I guess the question is, you know, if you're a brand new agent, you're, you're in your first six months, eight months, nine months, what else do you have to do other than regenerate for the first, you know, three to four hours every single day? I heard a crazy story about you one time that it basically your days would be you would stay on the phone until you got an appointment. Is that true? Yeah. Just every day. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Every book day.
1: Book. But if you I was so scared, I was literally it's a couple of factors. I was terrified that I was gonna run out of money and not succeed. And then number two, I was commuting from North York to Hamilton every day. So I I would have to show up significantly earlier than everyone else and leave later and be stuck in traffic. Right. So I get to the office at 8 a.m. which was awesome because we always blame the administrative work for getting in the way of our activities. So I had an hour built in every single day to do that at Memoir. And then I had another hour to built into the end of my day where I was forced to
0: stay in the office and continue calling or sit in traffic for a couple hours so so you almost got forced into this culture because you you had to drive in pretty much yeah that's pretty cool
1: and then the drive there were so many good things that came out of that year like two and a half hours a day in a car you can either sit there in traffic and bitch about it or turn your car into a university on wheels okay i got way more educated during that year, than I ever would have if if I wasn't stuck in that car.
0: Wow. Now, were you using that time for anything else? Like we've had, you know, we've had some of the guests on that that you've mentioned through today, and there seems to be this this trend around, you know, growth and and being lifelong learners. Did did all that time in the car force you to kind of become that, or were you already that when you came into the business? Um, I, I think I was just bored. <laughs> Um uh, sitting in a car for so
1: long <laughs> why not use the time wisely i um i guess you call me a lifelong learner i have two degrees i spent probably spent more time in university than i should have i think um when i i never like being forced to learn something like if you invite me to a book club for instance i have a hard time showing up to that because i think you're making me learn a certain thing i'll read every i read every single day i read this morning i'm gonna read tonight before i go to bed right. i listen to podcasts every single day but i don't like being forced and school made me feel forced so when i left school there was probably six months where i didn't pick a book i was sick of it but um after that it was lighted out and i learned that i could read and learn anything i want and through learning i can shape my life into exactly what i want yeah. I heard someone say something to me recently. They said, we're, we're in 2022. There's nothing in this world other than maybe going to space like Elon Musk that hasn't been accomplished already. Uh, and I guarantee you everything that's been accomplished can be found in a book. So whatever you want to do, just pick up a book and you can learn about it and replicate it.
0: Oh, that's that's phenomenal advice. and And I think more people need to hear that, right? Like whatever it is you want to do. It's probably already done in a book. That's crazy. So so when did it change for you, right? So you, you kind of come in, you know, you, you quit this corporate job, you take this huge risk, which by the way, I admire. I think more people need to sort of put their backs against the wall in that way. It was exactly what I did when I started building the team as well. I think I had uh, just about 20K at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going all in. and taking every dollar I have and I'm going to risk it all. It sounds like you kind of did the same thing to get to where you are, but but where's the moment happened for you? Was it a specific transaction or client where you kind of went, shit, I'm doing something great here. Like, was that at the end of the 50? Did it happen during the year? When did that happen for you?
1: Mm, I don't know. Like, when I look back on that year, it was all a blur. Like, there, there was one guy on our team, he had done 51 deals. So I, I think it's the year before I showed up. So I don't think it was any coincidence that I have 52. Um, that was on my mind the whole year. I remember I used to come in the office. It was a cocky kid. And I would tell him every day, I'm coming for you. He, he was a part owner of the business at that time. And I would point up at the ceiling and say, look at these lights. <laughs> I'm the one paying for them. I'm the one keeping them on. Don't forget it. I'm going to beat you this year. Um But outside of that, like outside of a little cockiness, it was just head down working. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I guess I really became addicted to the activities. The results showed up, but at that time, someone's first year is really important. Um, Like that was, the success I had early on was the rocket fuel that propelled me to where I am today and gave me all that opportunity, Um, Sandy. Brought me around town and put me up on stage and told the world how awesome I was. And I'm a pretty humble guy, but it got in my head and made me think maybe you're doing something okay here. Um, But I never, yeah, I never take that for granted. Um, Yeah, see, you can reward yourself for the activities, not the results. And every day, give yourself a pat on the back when you just crush the activities harder than anyone else has. Um, the results will show up in a massive way.
0: It's kind of like, you know, said differently, falling in love with the journey, not waiting for the destination, right? And, and I think that speaks to the, the, the activities you're talking about. That was your journey. You had to do those things in order to get the results. And you just fell in love with that part of the business, knowing that if I do X amount of activities, kind of like, you know, Marianne said, if you do 150 contacts every single day, you'll get there. So you just fell in love with 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 what it sounds like to be that part of it.
1: Yeah, and there are little mind games people would introduce me to that I would play on myself. Like I I, an example, my, of one of those. My first year, I wanted to make 170 grand. So this was Marianne was the one that introduced me to this. So she, she had me on a 150 contact a day plan times five days a week times say 48 weeks a year, that's 36,000 contacts. And I did make the 170K my first year. So divide the 170K by 36,000 contacts, it's $4.70 per person I speak to regardless of what they say to me. They could call me a name, they could tell me they're not interested, they're interested, come over, sell my house, it doesn't matter, $4.70. Now I remember it wasn't that long before that, I was in university and i had a summer job which i hated at this call center i think it was selling things for bell and minimum wage at that time it was probably 2010 or so minimum wage was seven bucks an hour yeah. so i can make two calls today and
0: make more money than i could back then for the whole hour sign me up for that deal. incredible yeah. sort of changing your mindset around it right and, mm-hmm. and we know a lot of agents struggle with that, the, the one I'm hearing right now is, you know, lead generation is no different than a part-time job. And, you know, that one's been circulating around quite a bit. It's, it's three hours a day. Right. And in your case, 150 contacts probably puts you right around four and a half, five hours, maybe, but for, for a hundred contacts, you should be able to do that in three hours and that'll make you over hundred thousand dollars. And you kind mm-hmm. of turn around and you go, well, would you go flip burgers for three hours? 100k i think everybody would right so it's kind of it's it's true like you said tricking your mind and sort of playing those mind games with yourself for me it was always um you know i would calculate it down to the minute right so i would i would take what i wanted to make i'd I'd break, break it down to legion and knowing how much legion i had to do to make what i wanted to make and then i would take it down to the minute so how much money was i making per minute that I spent doing the job. And that would be my number. Like, oh, got through another minute. There's another $3. And just kind of <laughs> check it off each time until you kind of get to the point that you're satisfied with the results. So, so I love that. It, you know, it's great to hear that other people are doing stuff like that as well. What do you think like, so far in the last five years, what do you think your most important lesson you've learned so far is? It's mm. a big question.
1: Just uh what that's a really big question. So now, like you would have you've probably been experiencing this for 10 years. Um, people coming up to you asking you for help. Andre, can you guide me? Can you help me replicate what you've done? Um so I did that with Sandy. He helped me get where I am today. I owe the guy everything. Um, but when I look back and dissect that relationship there was a lot of value added from both sides of it so if you look at my first year in the business i don't have the exact number but if i was to guess i would say i probably made him 350 grand here i was ignorant young kid thinking why is this sandy guy being so nice to me why is he helping me so much no one's ever done this before for me in my life i love him um now when i look back 350 grand is a lot of money to make someone in one year yeah and then to do it again the next year again and again and again and again that's why he helped me um now that's the way i try and live my life now if i want to help from you i don't expect you to just drop everything for me and help me out of the goodness of your heart the way to get you to help me is to add some serious value to your life
0: yeah. to
1: the point where your hands are tied and you can't afford not to help
0: yeah, give give before you ask, right? I think I think that gets lost in a lot of stuff. And and funny you say that, Mike, because that was that was essentially one of the, one of the things that happened to me in my first year, where um, you know I got the opportunity to spend some time with with a mentor for free, basically. Like, it, it I didn't I didn't make him any money, but I volunteered my time. So he was a you know top industry professional. He was doing some incredible things. I didn't have a sandy. Um, I was not privileged to have somebody like that to to kick kickstart me but I had a friend that was doing this for a while and he said well why don't you just come hang around with us every day so he had his own team he's doing his own stuff he said why don't you just come hang out with us be in the environment and just that just the proximity you know Tony Robbins talks about that all the time the proximity of the people that are near you or around you I was starting to absorb all of this stuff and absorb all this data from these these top professionals that gave me kind of the same thing as you where you're going There's a give and take here. So, so yeah, I'm donating free time, you know, I'm grabbing coffee, I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm paying my way through to getting that knowledge. And I think more and more people need to understand that, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with giving to get. I think that's a, that's a lost art. So, so kudos to you for recognizing that. That's awesome. Now, as you're sort of going through it, and, and you know it's funny we talk about proximity because obviously we have a lot of the same people in common and who, who we're surrounded by and that sort of stuff, and and recognizing that early in my career as well, who you hang with matters. So I think we have a lot of intersimilarities between sort of who you are and, and who I am and, and the journey that we sort of sort of went through with a lot of those same people. And I think the biggest thing I'm noticing on this side is how much. Those people push, that forces you to have to push as well, or you're you're gonna get left behind. Hey, I'm sure you're feeling that right now too. 100, yeah, yeah. I, I
1: wake up scared every single morning. I'm sure you've heard of that phrase. Uh, I think it's John Maxwell, the law of the live.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so Sandy, he keeps pushing all the time, and I need to push really hard to stay relevant in in his life. I recognize that. Um, but what scares me even more than that is that I see some of the people that have joined our team over the last few years that push really, really hard. So if I, I I'm busy, I have a couple kids, so there'll probably be more to come in the future. So if I don't wake up at four in the morning, go to the gym, educate myself every morning, um, really take care of myself before other people's days start, I'm gonna get past. Yeah. That's when I I originally started speaking to Sandy about uh, working with him in the capacity I am right now. The one thing I didn't like about this business was uh, the lack of retention, extremely high turnover. I'm fortunate today that we don't, our turnover is not high at all. But you see a lot of these large teams, the people on the team will outgrow the leader and then they leave for greener pastures and do it on their own or build their own team. And I am, wake up every day fear that if I don't grow quick enough, my best people are going to leave yeah. because they will.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, Gary, Gary did that for us. I, I forget what year it was. Might've been the first year you were in and, and he drew two circles. So walked up to the whiteboard, he drew a big circle, and drew another circle inside of it. And he said, you know, the big circle is your world. The little circle is everyone that's in your world. And so as you add team members, you start filling that that bigger circle and if your circle doesn't expand your opportunities don't expand you're just going to get they're going to step outside you and they're going to leave you and i think that's a common problem with with leaders so how are you keeping yourself ahead of that curve because i mean i know some of your team members and they're growing at an exponential rate because they have you they have sandy they have freedom reps behind them how are you growing faster than they are to keep them in your world
1: Mm, So at the beginning of every year, I do, like I work on coming up with a growth plan. The three people running our organization right now are masters of growing, especially uh, Dylan Suter. Maybe too much. That guy is addicted to growth. Um, So I'll ask them, what do I need to do this year to take it to the next level? I'll let let them know where I want to go. And it's things like, you mentioned... the big man.
0: There he is. There he is. So I just got back
1: from Tony. I'm going back to Tony. Uh, the end of this month. Yeah. Family reunion, thank Camp. I'm going to my one of my favorite. We'll say second favorite realtors in the world behind you. Ah. Um, Mr. Jeff Glover Going to Florida to see yeah. him speak with John Maxwell in uh, January. I'm wow. addicted to growing. I'm my own project. Um, Yeah, I love
0: it. I love that. Well, and and I I wish more people would hear that, right? I think that's, you know, we started this with with those success leaves clues. And that's one of the ones that no matter who I've interviewed or who we've brought on the show, mega producers, agents doing, you know, far more business than than we're doing. And it it just keeps coming back up over and over and over again. Lifelong learners, find people that are bigger than you, be the smallest or the dumbest in the room or whatever way you want to say it but never, ever, ever stop growing. And you know, good friend, regional director of Canada, Ryan McLean, he said it to me, probably the best I've ever heard. He said, Andre, if you're not growing, you're dying. I know Ryan didn't come up with this, but he beat it into me almost on a weekly basis. What did you do this week to grow yourself? And, and then my coach was a very, very, you had Mary Gillespie, Megs was one of my coaches when I started out as well. Huge shout outs to her because she really drives a production based business. But it was it was the same thing through her, same thing through my coach, Craig Zuber, over and over and over again. We hear it. What are you doing for yourself? How are you growing you? The business will grow with you kind of thing. That's cool. I love it. So, so where's MRN headed as, you know, as we start to close out the show today, you know, a lot of our listeners know Sandy, know yourself, you know, we've been following the MRN journey for quite some time. Where are you going to take MRN to next? In my well, three year goal, I want
1: to get to 30 agents. We're about halfway there right now. Um. Yeah. It's just a classic think a million, earn a million, net a million. Yeah. It's, about time we net a million,
0: and then you got to give a million. Isn't that the last? That week? We give a million. Got to give a million. That's awesome. I love it. So, so you're going to 30 agents, netting a million dollars, and then what? What what happens for Mike Johnson once we hit these really big goals? Do you have a finish line mentally, or are you playing the the Simon Sinek infinite game? You know, I
1: have no idea. Probably because I haven't grown enough yet to figure that out and like the a million dollars is cool like it'd be that'd be super awesome to say you, like you've beaten the mrea at that point which is the bible of real estate that i don't even want i don't need or want that much money i just like it'd be so cool to do what gary keller said um all i know is when you really hone in on growth and become obsessed with it I am like you wake up in five years look at yourself in the mirror and you're a totally different person like that's probably the best thing that happened with real estate it's not the money it's not the houses the clients have been amazing but more than anything else it's taught me how much you can change and grow and achieve yeah. in the right environment
0: no, that's that's really cool. Now we got a couple of quick questions left. One of those is is just sort of framing for people where we are. So right now, you know, it, depending on when you're listening to this, we're in the midst of I think one of the one of the largest shifted markets, tilted markets we've seen in recent memory in Canada since probably the '90s. Interest rates are going up at a drastic rate. Sales are slowing drastically. I'm sure you guys are seeing that and adjusting your team through it. How are you keeping your positivity, your mindset? I mean, Mike, every time I see you, you got the biggest smile. You're one of the warmest greeters out there. How are you keeping your mindset strong, your team's mindset strong to continue growth through this? Because I know you guys have still grown the business this year. What What are some tips and tricks out there that you're doing? So for me, personally,
1: the way I look at myself, I'm 33 years old. I'm not the oldest person in the world. I'm not the most, I don't have the most evolved voice in my head and i won't even when i'm 100 years old um so rather than listening to my own voice that's oftentimes negative like anyone else is, i listen to the voice of others that have already achieved what i want to achieve so when i wake up in the morning and i i wake up in the morning super early my voice is naturally negative so i'll plug into its Tony problems because his voice is not negative um or I'll, I'll plug into a simon Sinek who you mentioned So that's huge. And I just, I think from a team perspective, it's focusing on the details right now. A lot of us thought we were top producers for the last two years. A lot of us thought we were great lead generators. A lot of us thought we had great repeat and referral businesses. Maybe we did, but maybe we didn't. Maybe we're just operating in a great market. Um, When I look at us, oftentimes our team will overestimate how much we're doing so we have someone that thinks they're speaking to 300 people a week but i track their numbers and it averages out at puts 50 fewer contacts over 50 week year it's a lot of people and a lot of lost opportunities for me i'm just holding them accountable doing what they say they're going to do every single time
0: yeah well i, I love it too because because you gave you gave everyone listening the simple roadmap to doing 50 transactions Talk to 150 people every day, 3,600 contacts or more every year, four dollars and seventy cents per person. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we have the formula, right? I mean, you don't have to recreate the wheel. You don't have to do anything, just go do that. I think what's important to note for for a lot of people listening. I think one of the things that helped you with that though was having the leverage of the team behind you. So like you said, you didn't have to worry about the paperwork and the bullshit and anything else. You were able to focus on the five things of a realtor, which is lead gen and follow-up being number one and number two uh, out there. Right. So huge, huge, huge help there as well. Now, now as we sort of kind of wrap up, if you could do it all over again, you know, it's, we're going to rewind the clock, put you back five years from now, or, or maybe even longer, what would you do differently to get to this point that you're in right now?
1: Mm, I would have used the resources that KWS offer a lot sooner. I, I wasted probably two years. Um, yeah, there's there are absolute studs in our company. I've had some of them on the podcast. If you follow in their footsteps, you can literally go to the moon. um i wish i started learning about them the systems and models and mindset that they had two years earlier yeah Yeah, i I would only rely on sandy i I remember i used to say why are you like he would try and get me to go to a mega camp or family reunion why would i go to that and this is gary keller i have you that's enough Just, now that i hear myself say yeah, that's the stupidest thing <laughs> that's the
0: stupidest thing i've ever said i know we could yeah, be been- pretty cool but he's no gary kelly yeah yeah well and that's that's it exactly right so i love that you said that right looking around looking at the resources available to you stop limit yourself i think uh you know i taught like i, said, I was teaching class yesterday and that was one of the things that came up is you know we kind of it's like the fear of success right so we limit ourselves out of the gate right i don't want to do more than 100k i don't want to do more than 200k that's enough for me and we start to to really limit ourselves and not realize how much more fun and how better life is when you actually continue to grow and if you only need 100 go give away the other 100 right go go donate mm-hmm. go give give back to charity help somebody else's life if you have that ability and, you know and I, I talk about a friend of mine all the time that sort of said that to me and he said honor you're selfish I said, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I give, I do this, I do that. And he said, well, you could do so much more. All you got to do is, is, you know, get out of your own way and start thinking bigger. So I love that you had that moment as well, Mike. Um, obviously, we know that you're out of the, you know, the greater Hamilton region with MRN. If someone's trying to get a hold of you, they're trying to connect with you. Is, is Instagram the best way? Email, text? How do we get a hold of you? How do our listeners track you down? So, yeah, Instagram is perfect.
1: So it's uh, Mike Johnson underscore M R M. If you know that, uh, easiest way to get in touch with me is email. It's uh, Mike at
0: the K Awesome, Mike. Now we're we're talking a year from now, two years from now. You've gone and, and done some incredible things. What what does that look like? Final question of the day. It's a year from now. We're we're you know we're having that that cheers. We're bringing you back to the podcast. What have you gone and done in the next year? The
1: next year, I. Uh, I want to have three team leaders running this team. I want to be on my way to fully leveraging it out. Um, I want to be at 25 agents.
0: I love it. I love it. And, you know, one of the things that's happening with this is as we're starting to, you know, we're coming up on our our one-year anniversary, we're starting to talk to these leaders that have been through. One of the things we're finding with this goal, Mike, is when we talk to them a year later, we're seeing it happen. So we know that you're going to go achieve that. 25 agents, three team leaders. You guys are going to do some incredible things. I just want to take a quick moment and thank you for coming on the show. We do really appreciate your time and effort today. And we're so excited to hear what you do in the next year. So I appreciate you, Mike.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. Everyone, this has been the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on all major listening platforms, Spotify as well. We look forward to hearing from you next time. And Mike, thank you so much. We do appreciate you. Have a great day.